words we've run out of time We've run out of reasons really why we together We both know it's over, baby, bottom line Yes, we don't even talk at all Whoa. Don't call me even if I should cross your mind Hard enough, I need to hear your voice on my messages Let's just call it quits, it's probably better So if I'm not returning your calls, it's cause I'm not coming back Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Radio Raheem. I am your host, Dara Raheem, and I'm joined by the lovely co-host, Aliyah Raheem. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What did you do this holiday? Did you... What did I do this holiday? Did you uh, abandon your family? <laughs> I went on a sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, to Detroit, Michigan, or... More precisely, Southfield, Michigan. Southfield, Michigan, 12 Mile. 248, 248 in the house. Um, I did briefly go up north, northern Michigan. Briefly. What's up? More like seven days. Shout out to northern Michigan. Shout out to Lake Erie. Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan. <laughs> all the homes. Um, yes, it was lovely. It was a really nice holiday. Back in my home state. Mm-hmm. Where were you? What were you doing? Uh, I think I was with you as well. Sure, sure, sure. I saw Mary Poppins, (laughs) (laughs) Vice, Second Act, and we watched the remake of Overboard on Xfinity. I'm really happy I did not participate Uh, in that. You know what? The trailer did look cute. Mom had a point. Mom had been begging me to watch that movie. Yeah, the movie was was a little rough. It was rough. Uh, I love you, Mom. I can't do that for you, Mom. (laughs) Um, and probably on cable every other movie ever. Yeah. Equalizer, even though I had just seen it two days before. I don't sleep on that. I was happy to do that. Was happy to do that because I had just watched it. Denzel playing on, Denzel. Yeah. <laughs> also fell asleep on if, if Beale Street could talk. So for <laughs> I really wasn't helping my people out. <laughs> oh my god! I did. I saw um, uh, speaking about people. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Queen of Scots. That was so good. Speaking of your people. <laughs> That's why I said just kidding. Oh, <laughs> um, which was so I know good. you saw my that girl, without me. That was really, really My rough. girl Sir Sharona. Mm-hmm. Um Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Joe Alwyn. Joe Alwyn. Shout out to Joe Shout Alwyn. Shout out to a rising superstar. Really? Um, Maybe next year he can be introduced as no. Global <laughs> superstar. Global superstar. Joe Alwyn. Excuse me, I'm starving. I had to pop some almonds and raisins into my mouth. Um, do we want to get into it? Let's get into it. All right. First thing I want to talk about: uh, Kevin Hart and Don Lemon. Yeah. Did you? What sh- happened? Did you hear what Don Lemon said? Another thing. Yeah, there was a break well, it down for me. What okay, happened? so you know about the initial thing where he said that he spoke out against the conversation that Kevin Hart and Ellen had on Ellen's daytime talk show. Where I watched she, that whole nine minute clip because I was shocked for myself that, that mm-hmm. I even did. Yeah, it was, yeah, and you know the response was that Ellen was giving an uh, accepting of apology. She had no place to take an, uh, an apology from, um, being that she's not a part of the Black LGBT community, which 
they feel that those comments were completely directed towards them, not Ellen, a wealthy, cisgendered uh, white lesbian. Yes, but I kind of wanted Don Lemon to even have the caveat when he was speaking that she doesn't speak for black uh, LGBT community. She doesn't speak for the lesbian community. Like, no one person does. And she was very, and nor does he. And she was very much giving this kind of, like, grandiose, I, queen lesbian Ellen, Mm -hmm. forgive you, therefore it is okay. Yeah. That's, that, yeah. She was doing what, like, black people have done for, like, white people when they, like, you know. Um, so yeah, so a lot of people were disappointed by that. So Don Lemon went on his show on CNN, um, and said that everyone's got a show and uh, all these people have platforms because these are some people with a lot of, a lot of platforms, but so he went on his show and he was like speaking out against the conversation that they had and he was, I thought like, you know, he was being very open about it. He's like, you know what? You said you about Kevin Hart. You said you've made this apology. We haven't been able to find this apology. No one's been able to see this apology that you said that you've stated. But also, an apology isn't the only thing you have to do. You have to actually make actions towards promoting a more positive outlook so you're not affecting like people, which he said is like basically life and death, which it is, um, which I don't think Kevin Hart gets at all. So then... Kevin Hart called Don Lemon over the weekend. Um, he said that they spoke for over an hour and wow. yeah, and that he wouldn't share the specifics of what they just uh, discussed, okay. but that he would be able to speak about what they talked about in general tones. And that's what they agreed on. Okay. okay. Sure. So, and then they were talking about how like, you know, things have blow up and people have to make apologies and then you know when does it end blah 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 blah. basically what kevin hart's been saying this whole time but then on don lemon show he plays a clip of kevin hart who was having an interview over the weekend as well about this and and he said in the clip i am sorry i'm sorry for what i said i want to apologize and was being like you know, more clear about mm-hmm. trying to say, basically, I'm sorry. However, the tone of his apology was very much like, oh, my God, like, stop talking. Like, yeah. there was no grace or sincerity a, in it. I'm sorry. I said I was mm-hmm. sorry. Oh, my God. Can you please I'm sorry for how that made you, you feel. Um, I'm, to quote the one and only Craig Manning from Degrassi, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Exactly, exactly. But then not only does he kind of give this kind of, like, snide apology he then goes on to say, you know, but what I'm not here for is Don Lemon forcing me to be an ally. That's not what, that's what you're not going to do. It's not my dream to be an ally. Oh yeah. I could like find, I can get you the clip of this. So Don Lemon then, so he plays this clip. He, he says, it is not my dream to be an ally. He's over. It's canceled. Yeah. He's over. He seriously said that. Like he's basically like saying like, you got your apology, but if you think I'm going to start caping for you, y'all got another thing coming. Like, he literally was like, he drew his line in the sand with that. Mm-hmm. It was a really messed up thing to say. Um, but then I thought Don Lemon handled himself so well, and I actually have a lot of respect for the way he handled it. He basically said, you know what? Like, you can, you know, he said it's not his dream to be an ally. You can be upset about that, or you can't. This is his right to have these feelings. Mm-hmm. Um... 
and kind of basically left it on like I want to I don't want to become a bully I don't want to start bullying Kevin Hart but I do want to like he looked honestly really disappointed and more offended um but basically he was just trying to say like all I'm trying to do is start a dialogue all I'm trying to do is make it so you know it's safe for black people to be gay right and so wait which is what we all should be doing but correct me if I'm wrong, is the latest update, though, that, like, I saw, I think it was... That the Oscar said that if well, he no, won't... Okay. That Kevin issued a formal apo- apology, more than that one. Um, I saw, you know, on Essence.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe, I think that was actually, um, that was what... was referring to, I think. No, I think it was that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it because I was so sick and tired of it and over it. Yeah. I, do you want to play the clip of it? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I did a pretty good job in explaining it. No, you did. So, uh, my thing with, because I tried to watch, I tried to watch the, um, the him on Ellen and couldn't even get through it because mm-hmm. he just I didn't watch it on Ellen because she brings him out and he first I think minute drops the um I'm you know he so I'm just gonna he was like you know hosting the Oscars was one of my biggest dreams and goals and when I got the call man I was so excited mm-hmm. I was uh you know because I was gonna be the fourth black man knows the Oscars. Fourth black man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Congratulations. First, the fourth black man to host right. the Oscars is not a milestone, my man. This my is brother. The, the fourth black professor <laughs> here at, no, like no and one cares. You get to no, be the first or no one cares, okay? Yeah. Either the first, maybe we'll give you the second. Maybe, if the, it's been like 30 years. The fourth, don't No one cares. Care. Chris Rock has literally hosted the Oscars like 10 times. Yeah. Like no one cares. I don't care. And I definitely am not here for you playing the oppression game yeah. of, oh, I am, I'm being clearly homophobic, mm-hmm. but I'm a black man and mm-hmm. I was going to be the fourth black man and mm-hmm. how dare you take it away from me? Mm-hmm. Not here for that, bruh. Yeah. And so then you have him sitting there for six minutes straight, just talking. Mm-hmm. Ellen's not saying a thing, nor should she, because she's, she, F her, but... Yeah. Her stand-up on Netflix was terrible. Yeah. Side note. She's just, he's just talking and I'm getting so angry watching it because you can just like, he's so, it's like the audacity is like what he is, the way he approaches it. He's like, how dare anyone Mm -hmm. ever criticize anything or take away anything from me? Yeah. Well, then he used the term like trolls. He was like, this is all troll culture, which like, you know, everyone is like so sick of right now. Right. So he's kind of like also leaning into that, the whole like, oh my God, PC culture, when is it going to stop? But it's like, so he's like, these, it's like, no, you're the one who's trolling. You're telling those jokes to essentially troll people. Yeah. And it's like, these homophobic we're just jokes, holding you accountable for what you said. Those homophobic jokes, which were specifically jokes he's done on stand in his stand-up career, and tweets, and both of those things—tweets and 
doing stand-up are just so premeditated. It's yeah. not like no one found some video of you drunk 20 years ago. Not that that's any, any excuse, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. having words just like slip out of your mouth. Like mm-hmm. all of these things are premeditated. Threatening to physically hurt your own son if he was gay. That's not funny. That's not and funny. 10 years ago, not that long ago. Right. You're a grown man. 10 years ago, not that long. I right. feel like, honestly, if we're pulling up tweets, it's 2018. If we're still, if we're, pull, if we're able to pull up tweets, it's not that long ago. Right. It's still. I just got Twitter like six months ago. Yes, you did, honey. You're doing a great job Thank with you. it, too. You're, You're doing, doing amazing, you're doing sweetie. amazing, sweetie. You know, so it's not long ago. Oh, yes. yeah. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Dara on Twitter. What's, What's my handle? Uh, at Radio Raheem 14. Exactly. Why is it 14? I think 15 was taken. Oh, Lord. Was there just no Radio Raheem? Wait, maybe it is 15. Oh, God. But. Oh, yeah. At Radio Raheem 14. Excuse me for burping and chewing. I'm just so hungry, guys. It's unprofessional. Um, but the point I'm going to make is, yes, people make mistakes. I mean, honestly, I think at 30 years old, if you're still thinking those things. How old is he? Is he 40? Yeah, he's probably okay. Close so to back 40. then it was early thirties. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can really change by that point. If that's what you think, yeah. We'll s- I don't know. I think you can c- grow from ignorance, but if you have like that kind of like hostile, like you know what I mean, that kind of violence, like that's a yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, and for exactly. not only to think that, but then to also say it and say it publicly, right. yeah, I don't know if you can grow from that. Maybe you could, but, but so, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. So I'm gonna play. I'll be optimistic and say. You can't grow from that. He has not shown that he has. He hasn't even shown that he really cares. He's, he's just like, re- I mean, he's, he's really narcissistic. Yeah. I mean, this is the man who had an affair while his wife like, was pregnant. pregnant. And then, like, at the start of this year, like, before this uh, whole thing, like, broke out with the Oscars, mm-hmm. was like, you know what? This is my year. I really, I love myself. I really fell in love with myself. Like Oh, he, and the man I'm becoming. And the man yeah. I'm becoming. Like, ugh. oh my God. Like, Talk about he, Napoleon complex. Yeah, yeah I really think he does. Stuff. No one cares. Yeah, yeah, I really think. I mean, in the new the movie. Club. Focus on your Oh, craft. in the new movie, he's um, starring in with oh, Brian Cranston. Let's talk, let's speak on that. Speak on that. Oh my God. Okay, so I was saying the other day, I was like, uh, I'm really surprised in 2019, we're still doing that whole like white man with like this black helper that's like clearly like a slave, a slave movie it's literally like i honestly we're 2018 still trying to pass so off for sport. people who don't know kevin hart uh has a new movie coming out this month uh starring brian cranston and nicole kidman it's called the upside brian cranston plays a paraplegic man uh who has ms and i don't get from how, in the trailer how him and kevin hart meet but suffice to say they do and kevin hart becomes his like helper question mark but like you can tell like kevin hart is supposed to be from like the other side of the tracks and then like brian cranston's like this like really wealthy I like guy and, and it's supposed like, to be so funny that they have anything in common right well it's based on it is based on a true story but whatever you know what they always say those stories say are based that. on true stories like, just like green light our green book was uh, based but on a true story. The upside, um, the blind side. <laughs> uh, what other sides are there? But what's that? What's that? Uh, Jamie Foxx movie. Oh yeah, Jamie. Fo- I don't know the name of it, but it's with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And he, Jamie Foxx, plays a homeless man. But Somewhere. the catch is that he is actually a classically oh, trained, yes. uh, trained, brilliant violinist. Yeah. <sighs> any of those pairings? Any of those like? Wow. I mean, obviously, the iconic driving Miss Daisy. Oh, yes, of 
Um, you could even say the Green Mile, but like any of those pairings where it's like the magical Negro with the white man that is essentially a slave story from each other. Yeah. yeah. And he just like, if, if and we'll, they always bring him into like the rich man's world and he's yeah. so kooky in it. He doesn't know how to, yeah, he doesn't know how to function. And the God. message is always, Oh, that's, there's actually a new one coming out with, um, Oh crap. Who is it? We watched the trailer for it in, in second. Another Act. one. Remember it's like the, do, the Ku Klux Klan, and the, the 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 schools are immigrant. Oh my God! Yes, starring Taraji B Taraji, Henson. I was, yeah. And then I can't think of who the white man Sam is. Sam Rockwell, who stays loving those racist roles. Yeah, he does love to play a racist. Um, yeah. It, like the message, oh my God! And it's called in the movie's called like the like unlikeliest of friends or something. Like he yeah, plays a clan man. The best of enemies or something. Like yeah. That. Whatever. Oh because in the message, the moral of those kinds of stories is always. If we could just talk, we well, would understand But also, each other. like, the message of, like, when, like, they play, like, I mean, also, like, uh, the Titans. Remember the Titans? That's, like, a well, classic one of those. Where it's just, well, no, we stand. No, 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 no. That's a great movie, but the message, that message yes. is still there. And yes. it's also, like, even though, like, they were living yeah. in the Jim Crow South, and even though, like, in this movie with Sam Rockwell, he's playing an actual Klansman. Head of the like, Klan. Head of the Klan. They, like, still had, like, a heart. And, mm-hmm. like, if it was, you know what and I mean? In, like, a it. different time, yeah. like, they could have been, like, who knows? Who like, knows? <laughs> they could have been lovers. Like, those movies are the absolute worst. worst. But what I was saying to you the other day is, like, I'm surprised in 2019 with, like, this whole idea that, like, the younger generation is getting more woke that black actors are reading those scripts and especially a black actor like Kevin Hart, who's worth over like $50 million would read that script and be like, yeah, I want to do that. Like listen, you listen, don't please. have to do that. Listen, listen. The thing you gotta do, you have to understand about Kevin Hart is that the script don't matter. The money matters. And but him, he's getting thrown 15 mil movie for every crappy script that comes his way. It doesn't matter. Someone told him he could maybe get like, a golden, golden globe nom for this and he's like yeah. great i'm there mm-hmm. and he was like oh nicole kidman who again i'm more concerned with why nicole kidman did this movie because like, nicole kidman does not want to <laughs> see keith urban she stays on the she movie side does like five movies a year plus yeah. big little, little lies. lies that's just the side project this woman is 40 years into her career. Sunday Rose and you, April Faith, whatever those are. Sorry, mommy's got to go. You Julia Roberts doing one movie every other year. I catch you. What was she? What a goal. Okay, you know what happened with Nicole Kidman? That Grace Kelly movie landed on Lifetime yes. and she saw her life flash before her very <laughs> eyes. Like, I will never let that happen I will again. never, ever let you catch me something like that again. Okay, no. She got nominated for a movie called The Destroyer, a Golden Globe for The Destroyer this past uh, If she doesn't at least get I've a Golden Globe nom. I've never heard of The Destroyer. Yeah. She got nominated for, movie? what was it, Best Supporting Actress? I don't know. Yeah, for and The Destroyer. That is saying something. I have to think that I know what movie. The whole category out. or those nominees are all white, if you were wondering. Oh, my God. I mean, we can't even go through, like... Last year, it's all this time. Time is up. Diversity. Equal pay. Equal oh my pay. God, Cat Sadler leaving E. That's all they could talk about right. on the Golden Globes red carpet. It was like we're gonna, we're gonna start. You know, the behind the scenes is gonna be diverse. Sure. In front of the camera is gonna be diverse. All this stuff. Look at the nominate nominees this year. 
It ever. couldn't be whiter. D- director, all men. All men. One black man. Man, Barry Jenkins. Like, think this is what always happened. People get one year, people are all, everyone's talking. They're like, this is going to be the year where we change. Nothing has changed. And they changed. give us one movie. They gave us Black Panther and we and lost our mind. Nothing's going to change. This is the way it is. They're, they're going to give us one movie, Black Panther. They're going to give you one director, Barry Jenkins. Uh-huh. We're all, have to gonna, we're all going to have to be obsessed with Barry yes. Jenkins. Every movie he does, Every we movie. have to see. They're going to give us one actor. Yeah. Michelle Ali. Mm-hmm. And, and Regina one, King. And then, and, and then uh, Regina King. Maybe mm-hmm. Lupita, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's what we could get. And we're, just, we're supposed to be happy with They're going to give us, we get Barry Jenkins and we get Jordan Peele. Like, we're losing our mind for us, which, by the way, does look amazing. But we're losing our mind for us. And we haven't even seen it yet because we don't get any other, like, movies like that. Yeah. So now we all have to love us, no questions asked. Right. But, um, yeah, the nominees were literally all white this year. And we were talking, like, literally most of those actresses are interchangeable. And I'm not trying to say that I want to live in a world where... I don't have a Julia Roberts. I don't have a Karen Knightley. Oh God, we need them. We I need, need them. Sandra Bullock. You know, I love you. Listen, I love my white bitches. I love them. I was looking at Sandra Bullock's but, uh, like movie, like history of all the movies she made and all the really crappy ones. I saw like all of them in theaters. I was like, okay, I like Stan Sandra Bullock. Like, yes, we do. But I don't. You can't tell me that those women are any more talented than Sanaya Lathan, no. Gabrielle Union, no. Paula Patton. Paul Patton is adorable. You can't tell me that Paul Patton isn't as adorable as Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Reese Witherspoon is not like a great actress. But I, I will. No. Yes. That's true. Okay. None of those women are really that great no. of actresses. No more so than no, any of those. Not. Definitely not. Yes. Like the woman who plays Charlie on Brown Sugar. She would be like at least uh, Deborah Messing. Charlie on Brown Sugar. Oh. The um, one he was leaving his wife or the one he married? The one with the basketball husband who cheated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I need to rewatch that movie. Basketball husband that cheated. On, on Queen Sugar. Oh, on Queen. I found me when I was thinking Brown Sugar. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Brown Sugar. <laughs> Those four actors, like, yeah, so like they're... Yes, Charlie's so pretty. I mean, and the, the, the I mean, both of those women are so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mm-hmm. should. Yes, it's wild. Yeah. You have to work twice as hard. I mean, that, yeah, Hollywood for, I think. Like, it's just so crazy to me how white Hollywood really is and yeah. really will continue to stay. It's like, I, it's I, honestly, such a I reflection. Think, I think in Hollywood, things are getting a little, a little bit better for black men. Yeah. I think black oh, women yeah. have a long way to go mm-hmm. in terms of being able to get complex roles or to be able to go interchangeably between a romantic comedy to doing a very serious rom-com, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Sandra Bullock's a great example. You know she won the Razzie Award, which is mm-hmm. a award the same the day before she the, won the Oscar. Yeah. The Razzie mm-hmm. Award is the Award for worst actress because she won that for All About Steve, mm-hmm. which I, I saw in theaters. Yes, I did. And she won the Oscar so for, for The Blind Side, which is not. But it's just like the flexibility and the ability to not be pigeonholed, right? Is something black actresses and the are. ability to have that many films coming out in that year yeah. that you can even do that. No, yeah. 
you know, like Nia Long, like, you know what I mean? Actresses like that, that just like were incredibly, you know, talented. And they have like, they got pigeonholed into like making black movies. And then, you know, that was that. That was that. That's insane. And you cannot tell me that Nia Long is any less talented than any of the women that were nominated. Not less for talented. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Not less capable. No. It's just like we are so stuck on the white being the default. Like mm-hmm. we cannot get over that. Yeah. And that's why I like the movie like Crazy Rich Asians. Like that'll never happen for another 30 years. No. And I know Constance Wu was so excited. She should be. She's so excited. It's never going to happen again She's for 30 years. No. 30 years. Constance Wu will hopefully get cast in like Star Wars. You know, she'll start to be cast in things where the character has, like, no real, like, fleshed out thing. It'll be, like, an astronaut, you know, those kind of things. You know, those things that, like, Natalie Portman and Amy Woods, uh, Amy Woods, Amy Adams do for, like, a big paycheck. And then they also go play, like, sharp objects. You know what I mean? Because they get to play everything and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Mila Kunis is on, and I love Mila Kunis. I'm not saying that she's. She I'm saying like she's on, and like like oh, she has happen. like Mila Kunis puts out one movie a year. Like, yeah, Mila she Kunis. got really. Do we need to see Mila Kunis every year? She got really lucky with Bad Moms. No one was expecting. Yes. That. Bad Moms Christmas was not good. I'm no. sorry, I didn't even do that. Well. But you know, they they make a sequel for movies like those. Right, I know. But then she did that movie with the guy who dumped me. Mm-hmm. I tried. I watched the first ten minutes. Couldn't get through it. It looks so bad. Really? Yeah. She, but she got double lucky with. I'm sorry, Ashton Kutcher. Like, Ashton Kutcher isn't even popping. No, she got lucky with Black Swan. That was like ten years ago. I know, but that was like a really like. Mila Kunis went from being like that '70s show actress to like being at the Oscars. Yes, definitely. Like that but was a prestigious movie to be in. But Ashton Kutcher thing. He is. He's very powerful. He may not be doing movies anymore. Okay, is he V powerful? Yeah, he's capital P, small P. Capital P. He has so much money because he was smart. I know. He does do a lot of producing. He was like, this acting life ain't going to last forever. He saw the writing on the wall. No, not just producing. He has invested in all these tech companies. He's so rich. He doesn't need to do movies anymore. He's he's doing his... um, Jessica Alba, his Kate Hudson, right, right, his right. Gwyneth Paltrow. He like this pretty face ain't gonna last forever. Right. Well, surprisingly, that's lasted a long time. I know. Um, he's it's making him for hotter a, for now. For a white man, he's aged pretty well. Yeah. Um, what are you talking about? A lot of white men age well. John Hamm. John, that's true. Uh, it was funny. I was just talking about Orlando Bloom today at work. Oh. And someone was like, oh, he's such a, so cute. I was like, uh, I'm sorry. Have you seen him lately? No, he no he's not. Yeah. Uh, Though, that kind of well. look doesn't age well. That, like, that, where it has to be a super young Yeah, that's like, why I'm that's scared for Timothée Chalamet. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it might, it might, but it He also, would have to, grow, like, his looks would have to change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you, like, if your whole... Like, well, that's the way I'm, Patrick Dempsey. Like, Patrick Dempsey kind of had a Timothée Chalamet face. Kind of. But, but like, he, like... Grew, Le- well, Leonardo DiCaprio. I never thought Leonardo DiCaprio was that hot to begin with, honestly. I, so. like, he was a cute teenager. Yeah. He's not anymore, but that's partly because he has just let himself. Yeah, out. I think if he actually was like a Bradley Cooper, like if into working out, like he, he ever would went be to a, a gym? lot hotter. Ever? Yeah. Ever? I honestly think it's just that he went from being like a skinny, like hot young kid and, yeah. and just turned into like a doughy old guy. Yeah. Like if he actually like was like. 
go right. to hey go to the gym stop drinking so much beer and yeah uh, don't you aren't you friends with like jake gyllenhaal isn't that all he does is work out oh my god jake gyllenhaal's another hot white boys agent well yeah i stand so casually <laughs> i know i was actually just listening to that on the train okay what's up <sighs> what do we let's um do we want to talk about r kelly we're at the halfway mark let's play a song okay uh we will come back i'm gonna take a little break break. yeah it's really hot in here (sighs) guys i'm gonna be honest with you i am menstruating and i thought it was over but it is not and i've got cramps do you know that whoopi uh goldberg uh owns a company that has tampons that are laced with marijuana to help with severe cramping oh wow Mm mm-hmm I will check that out. Yeah, but Whoopi Goldberg is also, like, problematic. Oh, gosh, okay. Everyone's problematic. Welcome back. That song was not Spawn. What? No, of course not. Why would this song be Spawn? <laughs> like if T.I. Like wanted us to like pay. Wanted to pay us to play a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually should be paying him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell T.I. we played this song. Yeah, please. <laughs> actually, that song is um, a bootleg. It's a little mashup from T.I. and Passion Pit. But anyway. 
so. Surviving R. Kelly. So I will take you back to the year 2014, 2015, maybe, possibly. Um, You know. The setting, Ann Arbor. Setting, Ann Arbor. Um, A a naive, chubby-cheeked, rosy-cheeked. Chubby-cheeked. Freckle-faced. Yes. This girl was like a sister soldier in college, so like, please also like. I mean, I started the first and only feminist (sighs) forum at the University of Michigan, a school of thirty thousand, and it's still going on today. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, so uh, yes, year twenty fourteen. I find I you know on the interwebs, and I learn about this story. It's a really shocking story of. These I don't even know how to describe it. The R. Kelly saga of him. The series of accusations. The series of accusations uh, against R. Kelly of him uh, having sexual relations with underage black women. Um, Black girls. Black girls, sorry, you're right. Black girls ranging from as young as 12 Mm -hmm. to 17 Mm -hmm. that had been going on. I mean, by the time I read the article, the reporter, Jim, Jim Derogatis had, um, or sorry, Dave Regattis, um, have been reporting on it. Now it's been 18 years. Mm -hmm. He's been following the story since almost his inception. Um, so to find about it out in 2014, that this had been going on for so long was, pretty shocking um i found about the story i pretty much like just sent it to everyone i was just like this is insane without the first time you were ever hearing of it yeah like obviously i heard of like the p tape but it was like mm-hmm. jokes like people, right like, i didn't even know really know what it was mm-hmm. I kn- we didn't like really grow up listening to r kelly so no. like those rumors about like that random r&b guy were really like no concept. i wouldn't say he wasn't a re- i knew who r like I wouldn't say I know who he was, but like I'm saying, because like I didn't grow up in a house that like, s- like s- you yeah. know, listened to R. Kelly. A-, a lot of people listen to R. Kelly at their barbecue. Like barbe- Space like, Jam. Like I didn't like. I could believe you. I could fly. I thought that song was annoying. Okay. And so I'm just saying, like, I heard those rumors, but it was just like of no consequence to me because I wasn't like a big fan of his. Right, 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 right. So for I was just giving my take on the situation. Right, I mean, from some random R&B guy. I thought that was a That's kind of how he was to me. Okay, okay. Um, and so, uh, uh, so, so for my feminist forum, we got together and we decided something we wanted to do it toward at the end of the year to kind of put a cap on the year um, was bring Jim Derogatis to campus to speak on. Specifically, the R. Kelly trial um, and accusations, his experience reporting on it, and some other things of, you know, separating the art from the artist. He talked a little bit on Chris Brown and Daniel Tosh. Uh, But mainly, it was the R. Kelly um, accusations. And uh, we got to talk a lot about it and hear everything he had kind of gone through he had to he ended up testifying in a trial he had to plead the fifth because he couldn't give up his source mm-hmm. um uh while testifying and uh he's you know he has a wikipedia page uh mm-hmm. and he's a big f- footnote in this whole story 
Uh, okay, so flash forward to this 20, week, yeah, really. 2019. 2019. Um, and Lifetime puts out a six-episode series called Surviving R. Kelly. Yeah. That really takes you in an in-depth way through the beginning of his time coming up in Chicago, graduating high school, and that's really, well, okay, I'll back up. His time as a child, he was molested um, uh, by a family member, and uh, that obviously had a warped his relations towards sex. Um, it's not an excuse, but it's, um, I guess. It's what happened. Yeah. And then you, he graduates high school. He goes on a talent show, and he's kind of coming up through the Chicago music scene. And during this time of his rise, he's going back to his high school and meeting these young 14-year-old girls and... Going to the McDonald's. Going to the McDonald's, picking up... When school gets out. Yeah. (coughs) Malls. Going to the malls. His personal assistant is on the series kind of fondly, and I mean, this man right now is like 65, 70, fondly remembering how, oh yeah, every city, every tour, we went to the mall. Mm -hmm. Every mall, we was in there. And he begins relations with underage women who are from want to either be singers themselves or are just huge fans of R. Kelly and just really kind of are enamored by this powerful, powerful man. Um, and he, a lot, uh, you know, something they don't talk about in the documentary that Jim's talked about was that a lot of these girls not I don't want to use the word a lot but a number of these girls ended up after he would cut off the the his relationship with them whether for one reason or another maybe they got too old he just got tired of them they a few of these girls ended up uh, trying to commit suicide he really would make the him he would abuse them he would abuse and then them. when he was done with them he would they had no reason to live he made himself the center of their world mm-hmm. then cut them off and they had no reason to live mm-hmm. and they would try to kill themselves he paid for a number of abortions mm-hmm. uh there is one girl in this story who talks about the abortion she had she said that she did want it and mm-hmm. that it was her decision that yeah. he asked her. Yeah, on survival. But yeah. according to Jim, a number of these girls, it wasn't really a decision. Their choice. It was, mm-hmm. here's the money. Someone's going to drive you to the clinic. You're getting an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, girl had, you know, and then he, there's the Aaliyah story of him marrying Aaliyah when she was 15 and he, he was, was 27. You know, making a song called, an album called AJ, Nothing But a Number that he produced and wrote. Yeah. You know, and all this is happening and his his career is, is soaring. Yeah. You know, behind the scenes, all I this mean, is happening. Ignition was probably the most R. Kelly was ever relevant in my life. Cause yes. That song and was that huge. And I was in the midst of the trial. Yeah. No. When R. Kelly was on trial was when he was the biggest. He was, yeah. like, on TL. Then I do actually remember that because that was more towards, like, later, like, high school and I was in college. And, yeah. yeah. 
because then he did ignition and then he did stuff in the name of love Mm -hmm. and those songs were massive you couldn't escape them and he was in the middle of being on trial for having sex with the 13 year old and people didn't care people still don't care and so what's interesting about the docuseries surviving r kelly is that it's not only just looking at the case from the standpoint of r kelly is this monster why do we let famous men get away with these things? But also, is he getting away with these things because he's doing them to black girls? Yes. And no one cares. And, you know, he's doing them, he's doing this to black girls that, you know, come from, you know, little means. You know, these people, uh, what's so crazy is that after... He was acquitted of the trial and after all that came out in episode five these parents are discussing how their child is currently uh trapped with r kelly in atlanta georgia they haven't seen her in three years and they introduced their daughter mm-hmm. to r kelly because they wanted her to be famous and they said you know he was acquitted we said we w- she would never be alone with him and he was and of course that didn't happen and it's like why are i mean these people overlooked these charges which are so obviously true and introduced him to his daughter so what is it that like allows people to just like overlook these things that are like so clearly true i mean a big part of it is like a big part of it is that do we think that like it's an, an uh, because you know he wasn't doing it to little boys is it like on some level like people like overlooked it and like you know these girls are teenaged you know and we over sexualize mm. young girls so there's some merit of like are they fast yeah i think that's you know are they luring him in they want to hang out with a super yeah. famous guy is that really how we rationalize? Mm-hmm. I mean that. I think that is a good, a good point. I think that is part of it. But the other part is like, w- and we've been doing it. It's not just R. Kelly. You know, we've been doing it for ever, of looking past specifically men's and uh, men's discretions because they make music that we really love, and mm-hmm. we don't want to give it up. Yeah. Or they make movies that we really love, and we don't want to give that up. Like, we have, you know, like, things about, like, they kind of speak on it a little bit. You know, Elvis Presley. Yeah. Priscilla was a teenager when he yeah. married her. Um, I mean, Mick Jagger. I mean, look at Bowie, Woody Allen. Woody I Allen, mean, like, they can spin that all they want about how that wasn't his adopted daughter, but, like, that like you know what i mean like yeah he so clearly what even if the relationship started when she was 18 19 that's freaking gross and people still overlooked that and it wasn't until recently with his daughter coming out and saying that he molested her as a child that some people have only begun to give him pause yeah but But when it was just sunyi and they stuck to their story that it started when she was in college there was no problem uh, with Woody Allen, Mm-mm. 
I saw Woody Allen movies in theaters when I was in middle school. And I had like heard about the Sunni thing, but it was also kind of like in the guise of the R. Kelly P tape. It was like a joke like you heard about and you're like, okay, wait, like, oh, I, I don't know. Before, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. And then you come to find out when you're older and you really understand like what they did. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, and a lot of like the defense I think R. Kelly gets, which is just like wild to me, is like people are either say, they say, He's not the only one who does these things. They bring up people like Woody Allen, mm-hmm. and which which my response is, yeah, okay. Like these things are mutually exclusive. Take them all down. Mm-hmm. Like burn it all down. Yeah, burn down the system. And well, and that's men. why, you know, one of the weird things that happened with uh, the response to muting R. Kelly was that Spotify was going to take R. Kelly off of their. And curated stuck up for him? playlist, and then Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, Lamar said that if. So Spotify wanted to take R. Kelly's music off of curated no, play- no, yeah, yeah, yeah. curated playlists. Mm-hmm. His music would still be up and there. And his music would still be up there, but it just wouldn't be on like playlists that Spotify like makes themselves. So it wouldn't basically be like promoting R. Kelly's music. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to go and search R. Kelly's music yourself, you were fr- you you were so free to do that. So in response to that, Kendrick Lamar said that if uh Spotify did it, that he would take his music off of Spotify. So then Spotify backed down. He was also defending XXX. Yeah, he was also defending, uh, defending Extension. And, um, and basically Kendrick's reasoning behind it was that he thought it was a racial thing, that they were targeting R. Kelly because he was a black man accused of these things and that we still allow white men to get away with these things. Which is like... So exhausting. That is like... Because how you could go around like taking down R. Kelly's music is a step in the right direction. Right. Kendrick Lamar. It's a step in the right direction to acknowledge when black girls are getting abused. Right. Because let's be clear, if R. Kelly were doing this to if one of those girls I mean, like it's it's it, like doesn't even need to be said, it's so like obvious. He's done this to, I mean, an alleged number is that it goes up to a hundred girls, and they're all, and they're all black, black and brown. If one of these girls had been white, it would have been over. It would have been game mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I appreciate you caring for our uh, Cali, our Cali, our Cali. And black men, and yeah, uh, the nature of black men. Stick up for him. But how about you talk, take a second to think about these black women, right? These young black girls that you claim you love. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to see the Photoshop, but uh, right. Yeah, you claim you love them, but uh, clearly you don't give care at all. Right. It's so much more important for you to yeah. protect this. You couldn't have taken your power to... to you, you honestly were so powerful that you made Spotify back down from yeah. that. You could have taken your power and been like, okay, you know what? You do that. I also want to see and yeah. X, Y, and Z come down. Yeah. Two. I don't want to play fast and loose. We all know... But he didn't do that. He no. decided to say, like, no, take no one down. Mm-hmm. And so those are the kind of hurdles that we yeah. go through when, like, we're starting to gain ground. Like, me, R. Kelly is, like, gaining, like, a lot of mainstream recognition. And someone like Spotify actually takes, like, just a little baby step to say, like, okay, right. like, you know. And then that happens. Yeah. I do think it's interesting kind of the way this is getting attention now. Cause, and I don't. I think it's part due to just the climate of this whole cancel culture, me too, hashtags, these things uh, able to gain more ground. But 
I think the way we're, we're fed information, you know, like Jim, Jim wrote that article in the Chicago Sun-Times. No one's reading newspapers anymore. Mm-hmm. And then very, oh, um, and then a couple years ago, or a year ago, he wrote an article in BuzzFeed, and that got a lot of attention about what's currently going on with R. Kelly right now, which is that he has a house in Georgia that allegedly is holding young girls captive, where they're being just used for sex and are unable to leave and unable to eat without permi- <coughs> permission and go to the bathroom go without out permission go to the bathroom without permission unable to talk to each other um and Are being beaten being beaten and i thought it was interesting that you know the chicago sometimes is one thing i think he also wrote it for the village voice um but and then you know buzzfeed these days like buzzfeed gets a lot of attention but now what's really happening is like this documentary. Mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting the way we we need information fed to yeah. us. We c- a, an article wasn't going to ever do it. Like yeah. We needed it into this like television bingeable uh, format. Mm-hmm. And for someone to really spell it out mm-hmm. for us. And sensationalize it. Yes, yeah, definitely sensationalize it. There's a lot of music cues. Yeah. And dun, it dun, very dun. much in some places looks like a reality sh- series. Yeah. yeah. But um, I would definitely suggest everyone needs to watch it yeah. and if you can still if you can still stop with r kelly after seeing that that's on you and your god that's between you and your god uh but now update because of this lifetime series georgia has da has opened up a criminal uh case on r kelly to look into the yeah he doesn't have he doesn't have charges against no. him but they're investigating a case is open and mm-hmm. they're investigating these um these allegations because the while the documentary starts 20 30 years ago it, they, end it ends in real what's time. going on like, right now this isn't like oh man like he did this stuff like and no, now he's like 80 and like it's not no. like no 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 like this is he's still doing this he still has girls like in his house and they can't leave it's crazy Oh, well, we can end on a little lighter note. Um, We only have a few minutes, though, but we want to talk about uh, Alexandria. Is that a lighter note? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I mean, anything's a lighter note. Yeah, definitely. But uh, she's the new congresswoman elected. Yeah, this congresswoman, right? I'm not sure about that. I think so. Probably. Who just had an interview... On oh. 60 Minutes. I don't listen. Oh, yeah. We were supposed to listen to it. Oh, no, a we note. do do research for the show. Don't ask. A liar note. Oh, we already talked about it. Did we talk about Golden Globes? About what? We didn't really go into the Golden Globes. Oh, yeah. We got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. That's okay. I mean, we talked about how all that. What else did you want to say about them? Oh, well, like, San- oh, Sandra, I was like, when? That's okay. Alexandria. Okay, Alexandria, she has an interview. We'll just end it on the fact that we haven't listened to the interview, and I know anyone listening hasn't watched, but she has an interview that aired Sunday with Anderson Cooper. We're, we are going to watch it. Um, we can watch it tonight. Okay. It's super important. It's super important. I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, but in the clips, which is how we receive our news, uh, the clips. Anderson Cooper is like, 
dripping in condescension for her. He's he like so is literally looking at her like she's a joke. Like he can't even hide how like annoyed he finds her. Yeah. So it's just like it's actually for that I kind of do want to watch it. He tries to seriously and unbiasedly ask her if she thinks that Trump is a racist. And it's just like, is that even a serious question? Like, and I'm not even trying to be like, like. Well, he's trying to pigeonhole her and make her like a divisive figure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why are you asking her that? Why are you asking her that? Why are you asking her that? What does that have to do with anything? Oh, I think she did say call him a racist. And that's why he asked. Jeez. Like she has called him a racist. Everyone's called him a racist. Yeah, no, he, he is a racist. Yeah, he's like, a racist. But it's just like, but she gave a really good answer because I, because this is why I'm not a congresswoman. But I would have been like, yeah, duh. Yeah, I don't like obviously. <gasps> obviously, well, what's your evidence? I mean, because obviously, yeah, like my one. eyes. But she gives uh, a really good, thoughtful answer, um, and I made this. I I hope she goes. Far. Okay, let's just relax. Like, what? let's not like, sl- let's not. You know, we need we, a politician. We do, but like, let's see what she does first. I'm not gonna know, like drink the Kool Aid. I hope she comes. I hope. Oh, I, I I just got on this train. I mean, I'm on the train, but that doesn't mean I can't get off. Oh, I can get off anytime. Anytime. I didn't even buy a ticket. I just hopped on. Yeah. The conductor is coming by. <laughs> I'm I'm in the ba- I'm hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> All right, but seriously, let's look out for this woman. Let's cheer her on, and let's watch that 60-minute interview. I need to go home and take some Vidal. This is done. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us at Radio Raheem 14 on Twitter. And my handle is my name, at Aaliyah Raheem, where you can search Sloppy Jane. All right, we will see you in two weeks. Yes, we will. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.